Uh, good morning, everyone. And happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Welcome to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. We are now using Linktree. This allows us to connect all online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms, all in one place. When you scan the QR code located in our bulletin, uh, with, this, with your phone's camera, camera I'm sorry, uh, you get a link, a short link, which, when clicked, navigates to a web page with a list of every link that you would need concerning the church. If you are our guest today, welcome. We ask that you scan the QR code uh, located in our bulletin, which I just showed, and click on the link provided for at TVC HSV. Then click the menu item for the first-time guest. And a reminder, the nursery is open today. At the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offering is an act of worship. You may give to the vision and mission of the church by scanning the QR link tree code uh, and using the menu item entitled TBC Giving. This will direct you to the link on our webpage. Or you may mail a check to our address, 2103 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville, Alabama, 35811. Or after the service, you can drop off your offering uh, in the designated area in the back of the sanctuary. Today, there is a congregational meeting for members after worship in the sanctuary. The Enter the Village class today will be membership interviews and or makeup classes. On June 21st, Women's Fellowship at 5.30 p.m., Inductive Bible Study at 6 p.m. at the church house uh, located next door. Splash pad time with Village Kids, Thursday, June 23rd at 10 a.m., the location is Dr. Richard Showers Jr. Splash Pad, 4600 Blue Spring Road, Northwest, uh, here in Huntsville. Bring your snack, lunch, and we'll bring popsicles. On June 26, we will welcome Amos Williams to our pulpit. There will be a commissioning of Amos for Hope City Church during the service. You are invited to stay after the service to hear more about Hope City and to speak with the Williams family. Uh, this ends our announcement for the day. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the room. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us what? Rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. 
Let us exalt his name together. Amen. Oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. So this song uh, right now, this time uh, for our, to our guests and those who are watching, this is usually our time of um, preparation, preparing our hearts and minds. The word says, be still and know that I am God. And this is the time of one of the times in our service where we just, we are still um, so that we can meditate, so that we can uh, cast our cares at his feet, the cares of this of the past week, the cares of the morning trying to get here, whatever, <laughs> hurts of amens, whatever the, whatever the things are, we can boldly cast those cares at his feet knowing that he cares for us. And that truly is amazing. That truly is a wonder. It's something for us to marvel at. How beautiful, how lovely, how kind the Father is that he loved us enough to send his son for his enemies. Jesus, what a wonder. Jesus, what a wonder. Jesus, what a wonder you are. And so I invite you right now Take whatever posture, worship posture you need to take before the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Um, whatever you need to do, if that's sitting, if that's standing, if that's kneeling, if that's going in a corner and just having a moment, and meditate on this song, and meditate just on what you know the Lord to be. Jesus, what a wonder you are. Jesus. 
What a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. What a wonder. What a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah. What a wonder you are. Lion of the tribe of Judah. What a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are, Jesus, 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 what a wonder, what a wonder you are, oh Jesus, 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 what a wonder, what a wonder you What a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are. Beautiful rose of Sharon, beautiful rose of Sharon, what a wonder, what a wonder you are. Beautiful rose of Sharon, what a wonder you What a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah, lion of the tribe of Judah. What a wonder, what a wonder you are, lion of the tribe of Judah. What a wonder, what a wonder you What a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are, Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are, oh Jesus, 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 what a wonder, what a wonder you Sweet Jesus, 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 what a wonder, what a wonder you are, oh Jesus, what a wonder you are, Jesus, what a wonder you are, oh Jesus, 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 what a wonder, what a wonder you are, Jesus, 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 Jesus. What a wonder you are, Jesus, 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 what a wonder you are, oh, Jesus, what a wonder you are, oh, Jesus, what a
what a wonder. He's a wonder. Please stand for our call to worship. It is um, our call to worship this morning is from Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. Please join with me where it notes people. You will find it on the screen as well as in your worship guide. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who hath made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. The Lord is good.
stand. We will sing. Grateful that he hears us. Our prayers and our praise rise up to heaven like incense. Grateful that you hear us when we shout your name. He hears the cries of his people. And he moves. He inclines his ear to hear. Praise God. Amen. Amen.
Father's Day again, the fathers in the in a meeting. And um, remember a birthday card, a Father's Day card years ago. It said to be a father, listed a bunch of characteristics of good fathers. But it said you have to have kids, okay? And then pray, pray for those families that struggle with that. There are families that struggle with having kids. Um, pray for them. And also, just pray for the fathers that um, don't have a good relationship with their father. We know that God is a father of the fatherless. He is with us through our difficulties, through our struggles. Uh, just pray for our fathers today. Those that can rejoice, those that struggle, those that 
take comfort in the fact that God is indeed their Father. Anyways, pass that on. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Lyle and his team of uh, ambitious beavers yesterday that uh, put together the Juneteenth cookout. Thank you all for your help and your energy in the, in the heat. Uh, had a good turnout. Uh, thank you for that. That was a great time of celebration and fellowship uh, with our neighbors and our friends. Um, as we reflect on those songs we just sang, I'm going to just reiterate something that Pastor Alex says a lot. Others say it a lot. But do you believe it? Come Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, do you believe that? So we've sung. Join with me now in a prayer of praise. Father, we've said today that uh, you made us. We're thankful for that. You are God and we are not. Uh, you've made us your people by adoption. You've called us into your family to be sons and daughters. We're no longer enemies. Thank you for that, Jesus. Thank you that we can enter your gates with thanksgiving, not with complaints, not with wishes that things were different than they are, but with thanksgiving for who you are, for your beautiful creation you've given us this morning, for each day we breathe, Father, the things we take for granted. We give you thanks for the mundane of life, Father, that we can rejoice in you and be thankful to you for what you're doing uh, in claiming us, rescuing us from our sinful selves, and then working to restore us to be like Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us. Um, thank you that um, you are the source of our strength. That you are our only hope through the resurrection. Thank you for these things. Thank you for your faithfulness to your people this week. Uh, going through medical situations. For your faithfulness with the doctors and nurses. For those who have looked for vehicles and transportation. You provided for that. For those looking for jobs. You're providing opportunities. It's pray that you would be with them. Uh, thank you that all these things, Father. We can give you thanks. That you are with us. You are for us. You're not against us. You are with us. The thick and the thin of life. You are our shield and our defender. Thank you for your mercies to us, for your grace in our lives. Uh, thank you that we can come to you. You know the beginning from the end. Nothing's hidden from you. We trust in you. Help our trust to be stronger this week as we seek to love you and love our neighbor in a way that would please you. Thank you for this time together. We can come together as your people freely in this place today to worship, to give praise to you. As a family of God, thank you for this opportunity. We give you praise with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. We now come to a time of confession of sin where we have not loved God or our neighbor as we should. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Let's spend a moment of silent confession where we've fallen short this week. Ask God to forgive us and turn us around this week and help us this week to, to rejoice in what he's doing in, in our neighborhoods. 
Now close us in prayer. sung this morning, we're thankful that you do indeed hear us. We thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Here are the words of assurance now from 1 Corinthians uh, 1.9 for it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, for Turn now to our scripture reading. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's Word from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Give me a second to look that up. I'm going to start with verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon them, every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Happy Father's Day, and also happy Juneteenth as well. We are going to have a ministry moment. Uh, today I invited, I'm going to invite Amanda Cook up to come share some of the wonderful things that are happening at, at InterVarsity at University of Alabama in Huntsville. And so I want to invite Amanda up to come share for us a few moments about her ministry. So welcome Amanda, everyone. Thank you all. Good morning. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so so, I'm so excited to share with you guys some of the things that are happening on campus. One story in particular um, that I had shared with Pastor Alex this week, and he was like, oh my gosh, you have to share that to the church. And I'm like, well, okay, I will share it with the church. So here we are. Um, so a few weeks ago, um, so I work with InterVarsity, which is a campus ministry um, at UAH, college students. And so their semester ended in April, and um, in May, we always take, gather students from all around the southeast for a week-long camp call it Chapter Focus Week. And so we took a group of students to Chapter Focus Week, um, which was in Georgia, and three of the students that we brought with us, we had just met this semester through an outreach we were doing, and they were not yet Christians. 
Um, but they were coming with us because they were curious and they thought we were cool and free food. Um, <laughs> and so we, uh, we had met these three students, uh, Taylor, Gabe, and Ray. Um, we had met them through an outreach that some of our students were leading um, called Cafe Con Leche. And it's a, a gathering space on campus for Hispanic students um, because we had some Hispanic students in our chapter. Um, and one of them, Angelica, she was a senior. She was like, when I got involved in university this year, this was the first time on campus I had met other Hispanic students and been in community with them. And it's awesome. And I wish that had happened before my senior year. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, we can, we can help other students. I know you're graduating, but this can be your legacy. And she's like, well, we can do that. I'm like, yeah, we can do that. Um, and she's like, let's do that. And so we did that. And so we got coffee and we got milk and she made invitations. So we prayed and we just prayed and we met students and we just walked campus and invited people and they gathered and they gathered. And suddenly we had this biweekly gathering of Hispanic students who would just come and we'd have coffee and milk and board games and prayer and conversation and just built relationships with them. And it was awesome. And we met Taylor and Gabe and Ray through that and they came to chapter focus week with us. So here we are in the middle of rural Georgia, <laughs> middle of nowhere, uh, with all these students, and we're um, teaching them about the fruits of the Spirit, and we're worshiping Jesus, and these students are in a track called Investigating Jesus, and so they got to spend the week asking questions and investigating, and um, no question was a bad question, <laughs> and no one was telling them, you can't ask that, or we don't talk about that, or talking over their heads, like, they were there uh, to really, like, be able to just be where they're at, and be their full selves, and encounter Jesus in that space, and so the week goes on, and it's Thursday night, and Thursday night is the night we always do the call to faith, so we're like, okay, we're doing the call to faith tonight, like, who knows what's going to happen, what the students in the Investigating Jesus track are going to do, um, we give them little, like, glow sticks as they come in the door because we know, like, later we're going to do this cool thing where, you know, we're going to invite them to follow Jesus. And then if they want to, they crack the glow stick and they stand up and they hold up the glow stick. It's really cool, y'all. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so we do the call to faith and we're like, okay. Oh, we see a glow stick. <laughs> and Taylor had decided to stand up and hold her glow stick and follow Jesus. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Taylor wants to follow Jesus. And everybody cries and runs and hugs her. And it's amazing. And then they're like, okay, well, we know some of you, you know, like, you need some more space to process. So there's going to be intervarsity staff on the edges of the room. And if you want to go talk and pray, like, feel free to go do that while we continue to worship. So I'm standing there as a good staff on the edge of the room. And I'm like, Lord, please, like, Lord. And then Ray comes up to me. And I'm like, hi, Ray, what's up? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and he's like, I don't cry. And I'm like, it's okay to cry, right? And he's like, no, I don't know how to cry, but, like, I feel like I need to cry. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it's okay. Like, we can we can bring our full steps here. Like, tell me more about that, what's going on. And he's like, you know, this week, like, I've never met people um, who were skeptics like this, who, like, were skeptics but, like, like went deep in the questions, like Christians who could ask questions and make space for me and answer questions with such grace. Even when questions were not always asked with grace, they responded with grace. And he's like, I want to be like that. I want to provide that space for other students, and I want to do that. And I was like, you know, you, you can. He's like, but I don't think I can. And I'm like, well, why don't you think you can? And he's like, because you don't know what I've done. And I was like, Ray, I don't know what you've done, but Jesus knows what you've done, and he can make you clean. 
And he's like, well, I don't know about that. And I was like, if you ask him, Jesus will make you clean. Do you want to be clean? He's like, yeah, I want to be clean. And I was like, well, to be made clean, like Jesus needs your whole life so he can make you clean. Do you want to give him your whole life? And he's like, yeah, I want to give him my whole life. And then he starts crying. And then he starts praying in Spanish, and I don't know what he's saying. But after that, he's crying, and we hug. And he's like, I've never told anyone all that before. So I can only assume that he was telling Jesus all the things that he needed to be made clean. And he cries, and we just hug. And and he's like, yeah. He's like, I I want to do this, and I want to make this space for other students. And so I send him back to other students who are worshiping, and then it ends, and then you know, we have a dance party because what do you do when people join the family? We have a dance party. And so he tells the other students in our chapter, and Taylor tells the other students in our chapter, and they're like, yeah, we just decided to follow Jesus. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And it was great. Um, and the next day comes. And the next day is the last day of Chapter Focus Week. And Gabe, he's kind of curious. He's like, he hadn't met Ray before they got involved in Cafe Con Leche, but now they're like best friends. And so he sits down, and he's like, Ray, he's like, what what happened? What 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 is all this about? And Ray's like, well, let me tell you, let me tell you what happened. And he tells Gabe about why he decided to follow Jesus and about he had met people who were skeptics who could answer questions with grace and about how Jesus had made him clean. And Gabe was like, I think I want that too. <laughs> and Ray was like, well. I don't really know what I'm doing, but these are the questions that Amanda asked me, so I'm going to ask you. And Do you want to be made clean? <laughs> and Gabe was like, yeah, I do. And he's like, well, to be made clean, you need to give Jesus your whole life. Do you want to do that? And Gabe was like, yeah, I think I want to do that. And so the day after Ray becomes a Christian, he leads Gabe to become a Christian as well. And that week we had three new students join the family of God. I think sometimes we, once you become churched, you have a tendency to forget how wonderful it is to see new believers coming to the faith. And that's the, the reason I wanted Amanda to share those stories, because you get so busy doing church and serving and doing this and doing that, you forget that this is where life changes here, that we have a, a message that can make people clean, that can turn sinners into saints, orphans into sons and daughters. And so sometimes it's good to hear these stories of that Jesus is still bringing people in. And so as a church, that should excite us. And as a church, it should encourage us to be gospel witnesses for what Christ has done in our life. You don't have to be called evangelist to share what Jesus has done for you. And so I encourage you this week, wherever God has you, share what Jesus has done for you. And you never know what seeds have already been planted in that person's life. You're just watering it. And God will one day hopefully lead that person to saving faith. So let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Father, I thank you for these three students. And I do pray that when they join the church, the church won't kill their joy. But um, they will bring joy to a church that may be dead and that faith may be renewed. So thank you for Amanda, for her ministry. And I pray you give her wisdom and her team wisdom as they disciple um, these young babies in the faith. So, Lord, you see and know us. 
thank you that you are still a God of redemption. That you still are about making people clean. In the midst of all you know, our infighting as Christians in this country, you are still out saving. Adding to the number of those who have been saved. The foolishness of the gospel, Lord, is what changes lives. Not our politics, not our money, not our connections. It's a story about the God-man who lived a perfect life and died a death that was meant for us all. He died for enemies so that enemies can be friends. So, Lord, it's the foolishness of the cross. Help us not to be bored with it. Help us not to get tired of sharing it. Help us to know that as a Christian, you don't ever graduate from the gospel. It is for us too as well as the unbelievers. So, Lord, continue to do what you're doing. I pray that you will use this church to, as we hopefully become more outwardly facing, that we will be about the gospel, sharing the gospel with our neighbors and with one another. I do want to pray for the church in, in, in Vestavia who experienced a horrible shooting this week. Some saints lost their lives, Lord. I just pray for that community. I pray for healing. I pray for that pastor and, and leaders who have to lead that congregation through this. Give them great wisdom, Lord. Give them great wisdom and give them forgiveness. I pray for those who may be interviewing for jobs this week, that you will provide for them. Pray for those who are recovering for a sickness, that you continue to give them healing. I pray for those who need a financial blessing, that you will provide. I pray for those who may be relocating for a job, that you will provide what is needed for those families as they get adjusted to a new community. And Lord, I pray for the Presbyterian Church in America as we all descend to Birmingham this week to have our General Assembly. I pray that the brothers and sisters will come with a spirit of humility and unity, not come and trying to be right, not come and trying to shame another brother or sister, but coming so that we can honor our God and King. And Lord, I also pray for the preaching of your word, that the sermon, the preacher does not make preaching powerful. It is the Spirit's job to do that. And so you see us, you know us, you see what we're dealing with, and you know what we need to hear from your word today. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you continue to move and I pray for all of this in Christ's name. Amen. If you do have your Bible, open it to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. The Unforced Rhythms of Grace is a reference book sermon series. I mentioned this last week. And I hope you all will go back come back to these series, these, this sermon series, whenever you need a refresher on God's grace in your life. Because if you're like me, you're going to forget about it. Some of you are going to leave here today and forget about it. So reference and reflect on the previous sermons in these series. Remember them, that there's the rhythm of communion. There's the rhythm of dependency, the rhythm of adoption, the rhythm of rest and work the rhythm of freedom, 
And from last week, there's the rhythm of community part one. And we're going to talk about the rhythm of community part two today. And the text is the same as last week. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. And then the same main point from last week, the rhythm of community looks like corporate devotion from the members in the local church. The rhythm of community looks like all of us having a corporate devotion in this church. First, corporate devotion from all members looks like we all gather together for worship. That's what it looks like. That's the the low-hanging fruit of having community that you're going to gather with God's people each week for worship. That's low-hanging fruit. Now, the second one is often a little harder. That's what I'm going to talk about today. And that is corporate devotion from, from all members in the local church is doing life together. You worship together, and you're also going to do life together. A corporate devotion to doing life together is a way that you can experience the rhythm of community at TVC. So that means if you don't come to worship and if you're not building relationships with people here, then you're not going to experience community, and you're going to end up leaving. That's what's going to happen. This is, this is similarly what's taking place in the early church in Acts 2. They're not just devoted to worshiping together, y'all. They're also devoted to doing life together. Together. And this devotion comes from their faith in Jesus Christ. It leads them to naturally gravitate towards one another. Doing life together is an overflow of their relationship with Jesus. Never forget, a love for Jesus will always lead to a love for his people. You can't say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like his people. Show me that in the Bible. Because that's not sound theology. Love for Jesus will lead you to love his people. Love who he loves. Doing life with, with Jesus will lead to you wanting to do life with other Christians in healthy ways. So what does it look like? For us to do life together in this church. That's a question you should write down if you like taking notes. What does it look like for us as the village church to really do life together in healthy ways? First, doing life together looks like being part of a family. A family. Luke tells us that the early saints in, in, in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. And this is not a fellowship, not a social gathering. It's the fellowship. It's particular. It's definite. This fellowship isn't a list of activities. It's not a project. It's not a building. This fellowship I talked about last week is the communion of saints. It's God's people. The family of God. You see, the believers in Acts 2 are a family bonded together by Christ. He's what bonds them together because all of them are adopted into God's family because of their faith. It's never you and Jesus holding hands on the beach or you and Jesus hanging out at the bar or whatever you do for fun. It's you and Jesus and a whole bunch of other people. When you get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of people there. 
and probably some you didn't think were going to be there. You are not the only child. You have a whole bunch of brothers and sisters. And some of them you're not going to get along with, but that's okay. Because you don't get along with your real family all the time either. Why would you expect things to be different in the church? They love the, these early saints. They're, they're devoted to their family. They're devoted to one another in and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, this is Pentecost in Acts 2. The Spirit descends upon them. They are baptized and make professions of faith. And guess what they do next? They gather together. Didn't have to have no program. It just naturally, you're a Christian, I'm a Christian. Well, let's be together. Love God, love people. Love Jesus, love his people. It's so basic, but yet so hard. Likewise, the same can be true for the believers in this church. In Christ, you are a member of his family. In Christ, you're part of the church, the church universal, and also this local church, which is the body of Christ. The person sitting next to you is either your brother or sister in the Lord. You're bonded and reconciled to that person through the finished work of Christ, period. His death, his life, his resurrection, his ascension. You can't make reconciliation with each other happen. Jesus died for it. You just need to repent for not leaving it out. Because you don't make it happen. He does. And what overflows from our faith is a corporate devotion for us to do life together as a real family. Notice what I'm saying. It's an overflow. Because if I can't do life with other Christians, if I find myself hopping from one church to the next, at some point you've got to realize there's something about Jesus you don't understand. And all, it, may, it might not be that church. It could be something about Christ that you don't understand. And, and if you have questions about that, come see me. As I said last week, I'm your pastor, not your celebrity person that you listen to or the podcast you listen to. I'm here. You know me. You don't know these people. So you can come talk to me. I don't bite. Come talk to me. One Christian author says this. This is really good. He says, a church is not a group of friends you've picked. It's a group of brothers and sisters God has picked for you. Now, that's an amen statement there. You need to write that down. A church is not a group of friends you pick for yourself. It's a group of brothers and sisters God has picked for you. The village church isn't a group of friends that you pick, but it's a family God has picked for you and placed you in for your good. If you're here, then maybe God put you here for a reason. But do you believe it and do you live it? We're not just simply people who go to church together each week. We are a family in Jesus Christ. So let's not settle for just knowing one another and passing like he like on Sunday morning. Let's actually be devoted to this fellowship. Let's let's be steadfast and, and doing life together as beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Let's persevere with one another. Let's commit to one another for doing life together. That's what family looks like. Can we do life together?
The Village Church is a, is a congregation of the Presbyterian Church of America, or PCA. Our denomination is made up of 88 Presbyterians. We're part of Providence Presbytery. It includes all the PCA churches in northern Alabama. And every quarter, the churches in our Presbytery meet for our Presbytery meeting. And I had the privilege at one of these meetings to, to give an update on what God has been doing here at the Village Church. And I told the brothers there that God continues to exceed my expectations and what he's doing in the village church. I also told him that Revelation 7-9 sounds good on paper. Yep. Oh, see? See, I cite y'all out. Go on for me. See? 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 Stop assuming. See? God, do have you trained. Revelation 7-9 is a verse that many churches quote that's seeking to be intercultural, multi-ethnic, and it sounds so good on paper. John says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could count from every nation and, and from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. That sounds so good. But here's the thing, saints. Revelation 7, 9 is heaven, and we ain't in heaven. I told the Presbytery that the village church is beautifully messy. We're beautiful because we're striving to make Revelation 7, 9 a reality, and we're messy because we're striving to make Revelation 7, 9 a reality. You see, a church striving to be intercultural, we would be a blended family. We are a blended intercultural family. We're not all the same. How boring would it be if we're all just the same? There's differences. There's diversity. Different races and backgrounds and cultures and ages and political views, economic classes and educational levels and so on. We are a blended intercultural family and we're beautifully messy. If you grew up in a blended family or if you're in the blended family, then you know doing life together in such a family can get messy and it can get messy quick. There's challenges to such families. If you're currently in a blended family, then you may be facing some of those challenges right now. It's not easy blending a family together. Kate and Gabe Chapman know this very well. They have a blended family with six kids between them. And they're facing all the challenges that comes with trying to blend that new family together. Kate shares some of those challenges in the article titled, The Ugly Truth about blended families, the ugly truth about blended families. She writes, we're not new to this experience. Married for the second time later in life with six kids between us. We're often navigating tricky step-family issues, divided loyalties, misconnections, hurt feelings, or standard stuff around here. Kate gives more examples in this article, she says one night her husband Gabe shared with her that her son recently hurt his feelings because he had a lukewarm response because Gabe had planned this great outing between them to connect with him. And Luke and the son was not well, too happy about the experience. And he later tells Kate, it feels like nobody wants this blended family we're working so hard to build. The couple stays up to 4 a.m. that night talking about their blended family and the challenges they're facing. 
The next morning, Kate, she wakes up with the same feelings as the way that Gabe felt the night before. And this is what she says. She said, the truth is, no one wants to be in a blended family. Born of grief, filled with failure, blended families are messy, complicated, and exhausting. Hard, intentional work is required to blend a family together. The Chapman family is a living testimony of this fact. Gabe and Kate, they moved forward without throwing in the towel. They continue to build a family together. Do you know why? Because they don't lose hope. They keep hope alive. And this is what Kate says. Hope is what kept Gabe and I up until 4 a.m. Hope that we could keep working together and build a family that is safe space for our kids and for each other. Hope that our love and partnership would be an example for them as they grow. Hope that this difficult journey we're on together would eventually just be the start of our story. Hope that our puzzle, as messy and complicated as it now seems, with a frame barely constructed, will one day be a picture we all appreciate. And we can have a similar hope here within our blended in the cultural family. We can have hope and be hopeful as we deal with the messiness and the complications of doing life together. At times, you're going to want to quit and leave. And that's just being truthful. At times, you're going to get your feelings hurt. At times, you're going to feel disconnected. And for those of you in the new members class, please hear this. The honeymoon phase ends quickly here. It ends quickly. So don't, don't, come, don't throw to that class that you're going to have that honeymoon phase forever. It ends quickly. Eventually, when it does, don't give up on us and dip out. Ask the Spirit to help you, to give you the steadfastness, steadfastness to stay and work through issues and conflicts under the cross with much grace and forgiveness. Let us have a corporate devotion to this hope, just like Kate and Gabe. Hope that our puzzle, messy and complicated as it is, with a frame barely constructed, will one day be a picture we all appreciate. And it is happening and will happen because Jesus is able. We are not a perfect church, and we never will be a perfect church, but we're going to be healthy. Many of you know what we've been through as a church over the past three to four years. Heck, I had to go on sabbatical because of it. And we are a testimony of God's grace. Look at what he's brought us through. We have a, we have a story to, to, to tell about God bringing us through the valley of the shadow of death. We have a story to share about Jesus making a way out of no way for our little community here in the village. So give God some praise. Praise him. That it is happening. So don't fall asleep on Jesus. Don't fall asleep on one another. And don't fall asleep on our blended intercultural family. Remember, doing life together looks like being part of a family. Second, doing life together looks like active participation in the family. Well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, you see, being a member of a family doesn't mean you participate in that family. 
Look at your biological and immediate and extended family. Look at them. Do you show up for family events? Family reunions, birthdays, and anniversary parties? Do you call your parents, grandparents, and siblings? Are you an active participant in your family? Personally, I need to do a better job of, of reaching out to my extended family. I got to call more. I got to go to Swainsboro more. At its base level, active participation in any family is you just showing up for them. You just show up. And the same is true for our family here at this church. You can be a member here without even participating. You just show up on Sunday. That's it. You can just be a member on paper. Are you an active participant here? Showing up for one another in real, tangible ways. Sometimes it's just a phone call. Sometimes it's just, you know what? I was thinking about you today, brother. How are you doing? Hey, just go get coffee. I miss seeing you. That's what I'm talking about. It's not no program. It's just reaching out to one another, encouraging one another, supporting one another, celebrating one another, acknowledging one another, encouraging one another, challenging one another, forgiving one another, saints. Can we have an active participation in, in our blended in the cultural family? Can we have that? We see this in the early church in, in verse 44. Luke says, all who believe were together and had all things in common. The term together and the phrase all things in common, it sounds like uniformity. You know what that word means? It looks like the active participation for these early saints means they're going to be clones of each other. That they're going to have every, they're going to be the alike in everything. There'll be no differences. Is uniformity, is that what active participation in God's family looks like? The answer is no. One author says, uniformity requires everyone to agree on everything. We like the same things, we vote the same way, we root for the same teams, and we read the same books. That's not what we're aiming for. What we're aiming for is unity and solidarity with one another. First, togetherness, and verse 44, that term togetherness, is, is about unity. Unity leaves room for diversity and differences. Last week I said everybody gives up something to be part of the village church. You don't give up your cultural identity. I'm not, I'm not going to give up being a black man just to be a pastor here. You don't have to give up your ethnicity to be a member here either. So we, we integrate differences. We celebrate them. We can have all that if Christ is at the center. We can experience oneness and in our blended intercultural family. And again, this oneness and this unity comes from Jesus. Comes from him. You ain't got to go to a Bible study or go to this, or pay this person to come in and speak. Jesus. If Jesus can't lead you, lead us to integrate our differences, ain't no conference or retreat going to do it. I got nothing else for you. If we can't come together, if we can't say we can integrate all of our differences under the banner of the cross, then we just, I just need to put, come down, we need to go on our feet and just repent. It's amazing that Christians in our country want to hold this unbelieving world to an ideal that we don't even live up to ourselves. We ain't even, we don't even function like one. And we are called by his name. 
How do you expect pagans to do that? Let us, be, let us be the salt and light. Let us be the example. You can't expect racial reconciliation to happen out there if it can't happen here. <laughs> Wait, what are we dealing with? And don't take things like CRT or all those other things you want to read. It takes Jesus. Now, all these things have their place. But if Jesus ain't enough, if he's not enough, if the cross is not powerful enough to make us a healthy, blended intercultural community, then we ain't going to be here very long. The clock is ticking for the end of this church. Now I need to be putting in some applications. If it, because that's, that's, if he can't do it, ain't nothing ain't going to happen. First Corinthians 12 says, For just as one body, just, just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. It's one body with many members, people. And so you, you we're, he also says here, For in one spirit we're all baptized into that one body. Greek, Jew, slave, or free. All were made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. Leave room for the diversity. Well, our problem is that we take terms like diversity and things, and we make them political. <laughs> there was diversity in the first three chapters of Genesis. Are all, uh, is the creation all the same? Imagine if, if, if the world, if, if the only animal we had in the world were chickens. All, all we got is chickens. And there's, no other, there's no other animals. But no, God, God is a God of diversity, people. And that's beautiful. And so why would he not have the same diversity for the crown of his creation? We're the crown of his creation. Not dogs. I know you love your dog and cats, but they're not the crown of creation. They're not created in the image of God. You are. You are. We are. The village church is a local body of Christ. And each of you are individual members of this local body. We're one local body, many members. In Christ, we can have unity and oneness in the midst of our diversity and our conflict. But do y'all believe that? We got to have realistic expectations of what church life is going to be like on this side of glory. Second, active participation looks like solidarity. The phrase all things in common, that's what that means. Solidarity is, is like-mindedness. It's sharing a common interest, and that common interest is Christ. <clears throat> Philippians 2 says this is Paul writing to the Philippians he says if there's any encouragement in Christ any comfort from love any participation in the spirit any affection or sympathy complete my joy by being of the same mind the same love being in full accord and in one mind doing nothing for rivalry or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourself can you imagine what the church in America would be like if we just had humility and we counted other believers more significant than ourselves? We would be a, our witness would be so much better. 
We won't be known for what we're against. We'll be known for who we stand for. Finally, as participation in the community looks like providing care for one another. I call this family care and generosity. We see this also in the early church. Look at verse 45. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings, sharing the proceeds were all as, as any had need. The principle here isn't go sell all your stuff. The principle is that the family of God takes care of one another. That's the principle. <coughs> Sorry, y'all. Just the enemy don't want me to finish this sermon because I'm starting to cough. The principle is that we should be willing to share our material possessions and belongings to be a blessing to other people, people inside the family, outside the family. Because you got to think about it. All the things you have, did you get all that through hard work? Did you get all that because you pulled up your, yourself by your own bootstraps? You got that because God bless you. His favor. And so he blessed you so you can be a blessing. So for us as a church, no one in this church should go without food or shelter. No one in this church should go without the life necessities. Acts 4.32 says, Acts 4, chapter, Acts 4, verse 32 says, Now the full number of those who were believed were of one heart and soul. No one said that of anything that, hold up, no one said that any of these things belonged to him or, or his own, but they had everything in common. And they shared their th- life together. And we have the opportunity right now to do good to one another. And here's the thing, saints. It's going to require some of you to die to your pride. To really live out that principle. Because some of you don't want to ask for help. Because you're prideful. You you want to help others, but you don't want others to help you because you feel like you don't want to owe nobody. That's not what Christian community is all about. Okay? You can be honest about what you need. Spiritual, physical, relational, emotional. It's okay to admit you need help. It's okay. No one's going to shame you. No one's going to judge you. If there are, that's the problems with them. It's, it's hard doing life with others if you refuse to let them serve you. Don't let your pride rob others from the opportunity of being a blessing in your life. And on the other side, don't let your greed and stanginess prevent you from being a blessing to others either. Because some of us like to hoard stuff. I'm a hoarder. That's how, that's how I worship money. I just hoard it. And that's my struggle. What's yours? Because I'm like, oh, my God, save, 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 because something's going to happen. And that ain't always healthy for me. There's one quality the Spirit uses to fight against our pride and our greed and our stanginess. Do you know what it is? There's one quality he uses when it comes to us doing life together as a blended in a culture of family. And this quality is a thread that the Spirit uses to sew us together. This thread is what holds our unity and solidarity and our care together. What's the thread? It is love. The love of Christ. Again, that's, that's basic Christianity. Part of our mission is we want to embrace Jesus' love and extend his love. And here's a question you ask yourself. Ask yourself, 
Does Jesus love you or does he just tolerate you? Which is it? Does he love you or he just puts up with you? Toleration and putting up people, that ain't really love. He loves you with a love without end. And out of that love he has for you, you're to love each other, not just tolerate each other. Love is the key, saints. One Christian author puts it this way. To be, for us to be at one with those who are like us is easy. To be one with those who are unlike us is impossible. Only if a profound unity underlies the surface differences. Cicero, pagan though he was, made this wise observation that love surpasses friendship and that while friendship is esteemed for one another who agrees with you, love is esteemed for one another who differs from you. Love is the key here. Do you love one another? Or do you just put up with one another? I'm not talking about here on Sunday morning. I'm talking about on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Do you love one another there? Do you love one another? Call each other. As you, I, I'm going to be vulnerable with y'all right now. As a black man, whenever there's a black man shot by a cop, whatever the circumstances are, that impacts me emotionally. And so knowing, now that you know that, if that happens, when you call me and say, how you doing, Pastor, checking on you, because I know what happened, that's you loving me. So I've just been honest with you. Now, what are you going to do with that? That's what love looks like. It's showing up for one another. In our pain, rejoicing with one another, when we have successes, it's being there. It's being there. And guess what? Guess what's going to happen when the Spirit makes us this healthy intercultural community? Guess what's going to be the overflow? Verses 46 and 47. It says, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And guess what the Lord did? And he added to that number, day by day, those who are being saved. We are not going to grow through transfer growth. Because there are certain Christians that don't want to come down to the village to be part of this church. We're going to grow by seeing new people come to faith. And that should be how we want to grow. Not get people from other churches. Bringing their mess from there so they can bring it over here. Mess up our peace. We want to see new people come in. We want to, that's what we want to see. And so going into our next, um, I'm going to close with this. Going into our new ministry calendar year, one of our initiatives is going to be outreach missions, outreach and evangelism. That's, that's going to be our focus. Outwardly facing. Why are we going to do that? Because the love of Christ compels us to do that. That's why. So, saints, this is community here at the Village Church. We are a family. We're going to participate in the family, and we're going to take care of one another in the family. 
and you remember those things. We're a member of the family. We're going to participate in the family, and we're going to take care of one another in the family. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your mercies that they are new every morning. Thank you that you are the one who's going to add to the number of those being saved through this ministry. And I pray that you would do it. Not for our benefit, not for our glory, not for our praise, but for your praise. That you, Lord, I want to hear more stories like the ones Amanda shared today. I want to hear those stories from, from folks in this community or folks that we live next door to in our neighborhoods. Because there's tons of people in Huntsville who don't know Jesus. Tons of people. I know we got churches on every corner. But there's still a lot of folks here who are lost, who are, who are searching for hope, who are searching for peace, who want to be forgiven and feel like they're not worthy. Lord, we have the message. We have the gospel. And I pray that we will believe it for ourselves and we will also extend it to our neighbors. I pray for all of this in Christ's wonderful name. Amen. Will you please stand as we close our service?
come back in so we can get the meeting started because I know there's some fathers who are ready to go eat. It's a joke, man. Come on. Right now. Now, here's God's benediction to his beloveds. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. A few minutes, saints. We're going to get started.
All right, everyone. It's time. Time to get started with the congregational meeting. Yes. comes in, the doors are closed, we'll begin. We do have a handout of, I don't know where Dennis put them. Yes. Can I get, can someone help me pass these out? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, the, the purpose of this call meeting is we're going to, we wanted to explain, uh, the session would like to explain to you all uh, the women shepherds that are going to be commissioned here in a few weeks. So this will be a new official role for sisters and TVC. And so this is not a new concept. I, we got this concept for several other PCA churches who have women shepherds in their congregation. So uh, we'll start out, you know, Larry says he's willing to be the secretary to take minutes, correct? All right. All right. I think we got it. Yep. So I'm going to open us in prayer, and then I'm going to turn it over to Elder Dennis, and then he'll go over the document, and then after that, we'll take questions. So let us pray. Father, uh, pray for this congregational meeting uh, as we talk about women shepherds and their role here at TVC. And I just pray you give give wisdom and guidance. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. All right, Dennis. Quick question, Pastor. Are we still on Facebook? No. No? Okay. So just check. 